Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I was an episode of Curb, a special episode of Pretty, Pretty, Pretty Good. Yeah, let's hear that. I'm trying to elevate small talk to medium talk. Alexander Chester and call me Chester. I won't call you Chester. Call me Chester. I won't call you Chester. I'm Obsinensky and Alex, if you're going to have a menage a trois with anybody, it's going to be me. And I'm MJC and I know all the lyrics to West Side Story. Welcome back to Pretty, Pretty, Pretty Good, a Curb Your Enthusiasm podcast. We are here today to discuss season seven, episode eight, Officer Krupke, which originally aired on November 8th, 2009. And we have a special guest with us here, Michael J. Clark, who I think is here because he you know, is, is. Isn't that literally the reason why you're here, Mike? Uh, sure, I'm your I'm your your West Side Story uh, correspondent today. Mm. Uh, big fan of the podcast, so I'm uh, excited to join you guys. And give us yeah, unless, would... you, unless you don't know what Av knows. What's the behind the scenes of, of why Mike uh, is joining us here this week? Um, it's it's really as simple as uh, Mike and I just ended up chatting for whatever reason about the episode of curb i think because he said something in a chat about who was like the uh most le- the least famous ca- uh person to play themselves and i was like oh who are you referring to and you know we'll, we'll get to that later mm. um and then we started talking about west side story a little and i said you know what why don't you just come on and tell us in person and maybe you'll do a, a musical rendition because uh i think mike mentioned that he performed in a in a uh play of West Side Story sometime when he was younger so a play. Uh, <laughs> like an actual play yeah not a movie not a, a musical right it's a musical and yeah uh, they, they call them shows the, a show? the okay, yeah. <laughs> I'm not you know I was never into the drama stuff um, uh, but, no, yeah, yeah, I'm, what I'm was your role I'm definitely like what was your role uh, I was a jet I uh, mm-hmm. played uh, I was snowboy and the important thing about Snowboy and the Jets is during the Officer Krupke number, there's one Jet who pretends to be Officer Krupke, and like that's who they're singing to. Uh, and I was a side person, so I was uh, impersonating an officer for a song. So you played Officer Krupke, basically. Sure, sure. In the in the play within the play, that is West Side Story, yes, of course. <laughs> Uh, very good. Very good. Yeah. I, so I, uh, you know, as I mentioned last week, I uh, took it upon myself to uh, see West Side Story this week. It's uh, streaming on HBO Max. decided to check it out for the first time. Um, and I enjoyed myself. You know, I'm not usually a huge musical guy. Um, I thought this one was really well done. It was like very easy to understand the plot progressing through the songs, which I often find is not the case. Like when I'm watching one of these like adaptations of a musical or even even when i'm at a musical itself like i don't really know what's going on all the time and like i lose the story but here this was very straightforward and a lot of good songs a bunch of songs that i didn't realize were west side story songs that i just mm-hmm. knew from life and i was like oh that's west side story okay um so yeah it was uh it was it was a fun movie um i would definitely recommend checking it out if you haven't seen it yet 
And and what's your rating for it? How many? How, how good was it? Um, I gave it I gave it a three point five uh, pretties out of five. Um, you know, it's still you know a musical. Generally speaking, is not going to get me uh, all the way up because um, it's just generally not my thing. But this was one of the better ones I've seen. So um, above we'll, that, we'll have to we'll have to check back in uh, when the Spielberg version comes out. Uh, yeah, later this year. Yeah, that was one of the reasons why I wanted to see it anyway, because, um, you know, with that coming out, eventually I figured I'm going to have to see the original in order to see the Spielberg and, you know, compare them. And that's going to be a huge part of the conversation. So may as well get it out of the way now since uh, it was timely for what we're doing here. All right. And three and a half is the uh, Mason Dixon land that we want to top today for the ranking of this episode to see if uh, this episode is as good relative to Curb as uh, the movie West Side Story is relative to. I guess all movies that Av has ever seen. <laughs> yeah, yeah it, I was I was actually thinking of just in terms of like, I, I don't know if you have any theories, Mike, about why like Larry decided to like build an episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm around this, maybe other than just like, you know, he's obviously a big fan. Um, but there is something about the, the basic plot of West Side Story of just like this, like unwritten forbidden love that these two people were not supposed to have that I found was just like very curbish in a way of, you know, this examination of Larry as a guy who breaks social conventions. Well, sure. Wasn't Shakespeare um, one of the people who rips off uh, Larry David? Uh, I'm sure like the real reason is like Larry had the thought of like, wouldn't it be funny if there was an actual Officer Krupke who just, like, created <laughs> yeah, an episode based around that? Yeah. yeah, that's what it seems like. But, yeah. Uh... And, you know, it's funny. I don't want to spoil my ranking for the end of this episode, but in my head, when I think before I saw the episode now for the first time in at least a couple of years, when I think of the curb episode Officer Krupke, the what the first the, the only thing that sort of was really in my head before I saw the episode this week was Larry singing to himself in the car. Gee, Officer Krupke, Krupp you, which I, I don't know if it's my anti musical bias, but I sort of was like not looking forward to this episode. And this episode was actually much better than I was expecting. I, uh, I enjoyed myself. So why don't we uh, dive right in? So we start out not with Larry, um, unusual. We're with Jeff and Susie, and they're in the car, and they're schmoozing about Sammy's clarinet lessons. Should she continue them? Should she not continue? We already know Sammy's a legendary singer. We find out now she also uh, can play the clarinet very nicely as well. And Susie is having an allergy attack, and she goes looking for some tissues, but it's not tissues she finds. She finds a pair of women's panties that she does not recognize as her own. And Jeff is in some big trouble. Mm. But apparently it, it's, it's very strange how like he doesn't really say any, like his behavior is obviously that of a guilty man. And yet yeah. he will later on come up with a story, which he thinks is somehow going to convince her. I, I, I'm very confused by this whole thing. Yeah. I think it falls apart where he's uh, clearly flustered. And, yeah. Um, you have one uh, second. Um, you have um, one second uh, to respond. You know, exactly. Like, That's like an Insta. They're Larry yeah. David. <laughs> yeah. Your, your initial initial reaction has to be like complete, utter. Um, yeah, I was about to tell a story. Well, fine. I'll tell a story anonymously. Well, it's not anonymous. Tell a story. <laughs> uh, no, it's, it's not fine, a particularly Adam. exciting story. But I was at a I was at a wedding, the only wedding I've been to since COVID last fall. And I reached um, the hand into the pocket of my tuxedo and I pulled out a pair of underwear, which I didn't know who it belonged to. It did not belong to someone illicit, but I had no idea what they were doing in my pants. 
Um, and then when I mentioned it to the person who they belong to, um, she said, oh, well, I think it was from that and that occasion, which was I hadn't worn my tuxedo in a long, long time. But um, like the initial reaction was like instant, like confusion, like what are like it, it, and like Jeff's response is like the response of a guilty man. So it's very strange to me how he even has enough time like to tell Susie some story about Larry and Susie without immediately saying, like, shut the hell up. I know you're lying. Like uh, like the fact that it has to go to the length of Larry putting on the underwear seems like uh, but maybe Susie just wants to see Larry uncomfortable. Yeah, maybe Susie just like wants to see where this goes. She's like, okay, obviously he's. A I know you're lying. Yeah, here. yeah, but like, yeah, let's let's let this play out. Let's see what the lengths these two idiots are going to go to and try and trick me. Well, I think the move for Susie here, if she's trying to catch Jeff in the lie, is like the minute Jeff tells her story, is say, all right, like get Larry on speakerphone right now. And yeah, like, let's don't see give him a chance for like, yeah, to have the the one on one meeting outside this before he comes in the house. Yes. Yes. But I'm also very surprised, you know, I guess we're skipping scenes here, but I'm very surprised how open Larry is to like, like Larry's somebody who's been very sensitive. He doesn't want people to think he's putting gerbils, in, you know, or that he has a, a tickle in his anus or that he's buying, you know, hemorrhoid cream or whatever. But here he's totally fine with people just thinking he wears women's underwear. So uh, I guess Larry's uh, evolving as a uh, now that he's uh, separated from Cheryl. I don't know. That yeah, doesn't well, strike he, you as sort of outside his personality to be so cool with. Uh, yeah, he's just uh, he's going to the mattresses for his buddy. That's all. I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel like so also like the favor distribution and ledger between Larry and Jeff is like completely skewed, where it's like always Larry like sticking out his neck for Jeff, and like very rarely Jeff doing the same thing. Yeah, even though the employee, yeah, that's a good point, uh, Mike. You know what, Av, we have to redo the series uh, from the se- episode one so we can track yeah, this. But... We should start tracking it. Who's, yeah. who's, uh, who comes with for the other more often, Jeff Yeah, but I, th- I think Mike is completely right that Jeff, who is uh, ostensibly Larry's employee, is asking Larry for many more favors than Larry asks for Jeff. <laughs> Although, you know, Larry, Jeff does assist in many of Larry's schemes. To be yeah, they, they, they both help each other out. But yeah, yeah you, might, you might be right. We, uh, we may need someone to go back and do a tally. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and rate each one on a scale of uh, <laughs> one to five. Uh, uh, pretty obnoxious in terms of uh, how, obno- <laughs> how big of a yeah, favorite. See, is this is why we need, uh, we need a producer. We need someone yeah. to get this sort of work. <laughs> Jared Jerome, get on it. <laughs> yeah. All right. Good suggestion. Um, Okay, so yeah, so we're uh, we're at Banana Republic. Uh, Larry, uh, you know, buying pants a little bit below his means, I might I would say, but you know, nonetheless, um, and... anti Banana Republic attitude here. <laughs> no, I like Banana Republic, but I'm not a billionaire. Okay, but Larry David dresses worse than any of the three of us. I think like, <laughs> he wears the same like khakis and polo shirt every day. So yeah, um, and he's complaining about the experience. Naturally, you know, what's worse than trying? On By the pants? way, I so saw a billionaire sudden... wearing his pants backwards last weekend. So just because you're a billionaire doesn't mean you have to dress. <laughs> Yeah, I think that was hey, debunked, that improving. right? I think yeah. it was debunked. S- Snope said, yeah, not backwards. There was a fly. <laughs> Just very ill-fitting, I guess. Very oh, ill-fitting. Boy. Yeah, that was fun. That was a fun uh, yeah. couple hours. How dare you impu- his pants Our former president is able to wear pants forwards, okay? <laughs> How dare you imply otherwise? <laughs> um, yeah, so... Um, the fire alarm goes off and he's like, oh, what about my pants? The guy's like, no, no, we need to rush. And they, you know, rush out the, at the pants. He's wearing the, you know, he's wearing the pants still from the store with the um, with the safety and security tax still on Very it. pants. And uh, yeah, we'll get to some very pants later <laughs> on the episode. I guess. We uh, 
<laughs> and uh, you know, he heads outside, and um, who follows him out the out the store? I'm sure everyone caught it this time, even if they didn't the first time around. Uh, yeah. Ben Affleck just has this weird cameo right here. Did you see that on first watch, or, or when I sent it to you? Um, I mean, you told me about oh, it before I don't, you had seen you know, the episode. Yeah, before you had rewatched. Yeah, did yeah, Mike? I, don't know I did not know this left. until until Av told me about it. Yeah. yesterday I want to say. Yeah. So uh, for listeners who uh, you know go back and rewatch the episode again. As they're leaving the store, uh, because the fire alarm goes off, Ben Affleck uh, just is in the store, and we see him for like one second walking out of the store. And the question that I have for you, Av, uh, when is we he come playing to himself, yes, or, yeah. exactly. That's my question. Yeah, I don't know. Is he Ben Affleck? He's not credited. It says uncredited in the credits. Yeah. So are we to assume that this is Ben Affleck playing himself or Ben Affleck playing a character on, on in the curb world? I think he's playing himself, unless told otherwise. Mm. Okay, is he Mike, carrying what? an iced coffee from Dunkin'? Mm. <laughs> Product good question. Do they have Dunkin' Donuts in, in in LA? <laughs> I don't know. Coffee being in tea leaf territory. I think they probably have Dunkin' Donuts too. Yeah, I don't know. Well, maybe, maybe, maybe not back then. I'm sure now they do. Mm. Yeah. All right. So we don't know. We don't know which uh, which list to put Ben Affleck on. So okay. So let's say that he's playing um, himself. He's certainly more famous than Ted Danson was in 2000, right? Yes. Yeah. 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 He's on there. All right, so well, welcome going... to the 14th member of the Ted Danson. And, and if he's playing a character, he's, pro- by, he's probably by far the most famous person to play to not play themselves that we've seen so far, right? Yeah. Well, it would be Dustin Hoffman. Yeah. He's more famous than Dustin Hoffman. He's more famous than Dustin Hoffman. Yeah. I mean, maybe not at certain points, like, you know, up to yeah, but in, two, in 2009. But yeah. yeah in 2009, sure. he certainly is, for sure. Mm. Um, All right. So yeah, we're going to choose to believe. He's playing himself, the 14th member of the Ted Danson Club. Uh, how many of those uh, the, the other 13 do you think you can name without uh, without looking it up? Um, Jerry Seinfeld. Actually, let's go back and forth. Av and Mike. You're naming okay. people who have guested on the show as themselves and are more famous than Ted Danson was in 2000. Uh, Marty Short. Uh, Marty Short, no. So we, you didn't we put were... him, uh, you didn't put him uh, more famous than Ted Danson? Uh, you think he's? We can discuss that, but I don't think you think he's more famous than Ted Anson. Uh, it's arguable. I, you know what? I think it is arguable. It's it's, actually, it's, but... it's debatable. I, I should have said Shaq. Yeah, <laughs> Shaq yeah. was what well, Shaq was above. Shaq's a better um, guess. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, we could still keep going back and forth. It's not a real yeah. game. Um, <laughs> uh, Schwimmer. Uh, David Schwimmer's on the list. Yeah. Oh, then if you go Schwimmer, I'll go Stiller. There you go, Stiller. Um, I think we said Scorsese. Yep. Okay. Not not the only director. Sure. Um, that was a hint. Uh, are we calling JLD uh, more more famous than Danson? More Emmys? So. No. Hmm. No, we didn't. I would think so. Be. Yeah, I would think she, she was. Yeah. yeah. All right, let's add her to the list. See, this is why it's important to do these mm-hmm. uh, exercises. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not sure why she's not on here. Okay. All right. So then, there's another person for you guys to name. Jason Alexander. Uh, he's not on here. I don't think he's more famous than Ted Danson. Really? I think he is. In, no, 2000, well, uh, in the well, 2000s? J- JLD has gotten yeah, like, like second. Uh, yeah, third, Jason Alexander you know only like, has <laughs> the one show, and he's much more famous as George Costanza. Like, George Costanza is more famous than Ted Danson, but Jason Alexander is less famous than Ted Danson. <laughs> okay, but yeah, fine. Yeah, okay. I don't, I don't know what that means. <laughs> Are you calling John if McEnroe? You ask people more famous who, than... If you ask people more John McEnroe people, was on, yeah. Yeah, John McEnroe is on our list. More people know who Ted Danson is than than Jason Alexander is. That's what sure. I mean. 
Yeah. Okay. Because because Danson's been on TV since the yeah. 80s. But but yeah, but, yeah. but I but I do think that more people know who George Costanza is than Ted Danson is. Right, but that's part of it. Okay, whatever. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. 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 Okay. Like if, if they say if you if you're like oh the guy who played George on Seinfeld everyone's like oh I know who that is even if they don't know his name. Yeah, but that's sort of an indication of how that he's less famous than Ted Danson because no one has to say about Ted Danson. He's the guy who played um, whatever his character's name was on Cheers because I don't even know. Sam Malone. Sam Malone. Yeah. Sam Malone. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, I should have known that. But okay, uh, who else did this? Oh, famous. Mel Brooks. Now we have Mel a, Brooks. Yeah. Any how many how many more do we, are we missing? Uh, we have uh, five more. Five more. Yeah, Diane Keaton oh, voice only. Mm. That's a tough one. From the interior decorator episode. Yeah, I remember yeah, of that. Course, of course, yeah. of course, of course, of course. Alanis Morissette. Okay. Rosie O'Donnell. Yeah. Okay. Hugh Hefner. Mm-hmm. Doctor Phil. Remember, he You're was right. on his own show <laughs> in the yes, show. Yes, yes, that's right. And then, and then Meg Ryan. All right. And, and now, uh, now Ben Affleck. So, yeah, that's our full list. And there you have it. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Um, also playing himself, Officer Matt Krupke. <laughs> no, not himself. Uh, played, by, uh, played by Michael Coleman. And uh, Larry goes over to him standing outside the Banana Republic during the fire drill. And he's like, hey, your, your name's Officer Krupke? He's like, yeah. What's, you know, so what? He's like, have you ever seen West Side Story? There's a character named Officer Krupke. You're, you're Officer Krupke. And somehow this guy has never heard this yeah, reference I, in his entire life. I'm calling BS yeah. completely. Yeah. <laughs> he's gotten it his entire like career and he just like says no. It's entirely possible that he's never seen West Side Story, but it is impossible sure, that no one's ever mentioned to him. To him. Sung the song yeah. out him, I'm sure. Yeah, I think I mentioned this on 32 Fans uh, probably more than once, but uh, there was a guy in my section in law school named Luke Appling. And which is the name of like a Hall of Fame second baseman for the White Sox in the 1930s and 40s. And like, even if you're even if you don't know any Hall of Fame baseball players other than Babe Ruth from like the 1930s, if your name is one of them, you will have heard that in your life. But when I said it to him, like the first day of law school, he claimed that he had never heard the name and had never heard of it. And I'm sure that he was just lying. <laughs> that's like that's like Chappelle saying that no one has ever like brought up Dave Chappelle yeah. when you hear what his Ooh, there's what there's Twitter name with that is. name what you, yeah. Chappelle no, I'm, is not, I'm not familiar with him yeah exactly yeah so I, I I'm on Mike's side here Officer Krupke is a liar because he just doesn't <laughs> want to deal with he's heard this a thousand times it's not original and uh, Larry's gonna do it anyway because you know yeah so so he uh, he sings the uh, punchline of the song G Officer Krupke Krupp you. Um, he said, you know, he explains that Sondheim wanted to use the F word. He wanted to be on HBO, just like Julia. Yeah. Um, to be able to say the F word, but they wouldn't let him because it was Broadway in the 1950s. Yeah. Um, but but to be clear, nowadays, Larry doesn't like, say, Larry doesn't say to the, to the police officer, the F word. Larry says, fuck you to the police officer. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, as yeah, as, nowadays, you know, every musical, uh, is, you know, you know, <laughs> especially with uh, you know Book of Mormon and uh, the the puppet one Avenue Q. Thank you. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah it's not uncommon to uh, to hear the word "fuck" on Broadway. Yeah. Um, I actually I, I did a little research on this and I saw that it wasn't quite that the that Broadway wouldn't let him do it. It was the record company mm. wouldn't let him do it because it wouldn't they wouldn't be allowed to like sell it if mm. uh, if it had obscenities on it. So they just didn't want the uh, so he had to he had to write rewrite the whole play. I actually think it's funnier as Krupke. So it's like yeah, I think they did him a favor for sure. Yeah. But also, I don't I don't think even if it was the record company initiating it, I, I doubt there were many F-bombs being dropped on Broadway uh, 60 years ago. Yeah, probably. Mm. Um 
Well, uh, it happens to be Michael Coleman appeared on an earlier episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm. Ooh, this has come up. Yeah, he was in the Korean bookie and he played husband number one. Hmm. So I think he was probably like one of the people at that party that the uh, where the Korean bookie uh, has the, serves the dog. Well, yeah, I mean, it was, you know, Dana made a point last week of mentioning how unusual it was that he came back to play another character. But I think, you know, we've experienced sort of the opposite. Yeah. Yeah, it's happened a few times, at least. Yeah. That we've noticed already, at least three or four times. Yeah. I mean, he probably saw, like, the ride on the beach that day and thought, you know what? I should go into law enforcement. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Second career. Yep. So, um, yeah, no one's ever said crop you to him. One guy did tell him to fuck his own face, but, you know, he's in jail now. <laughs> yeah. And, in jail now. <laughs> Turns out it sounds like it's going to be another hour or two. So Larry's like, you know what? I'm just getting out of here with now, the stolen so, pants. So here, here's my question. So Larry leaves his pants that he came in, like his own personal pants in the dressing room. Yeah, but he correct. transfers his keys and wallet and phone and everything. Yeah. Every pair of pants that he tries on sequentially. Yeah, I thought about this, too. That seems very like, I mean, so what, what, what's, what do you do in this scenario when you're trying on pants? Because, you know, I'm sure you've tried on pants before in the dressing room and you have all. I usually. Stuff. Well, so I can see it because I usually take it out of my pit and take my take it out because it's like you don't want it. It's like hard to like sometimes like put on and take off your pants with all that stuff. So like I might take the stuff out of my pockets, put it down on that bench. Yeah. And then mm. when you leave the dressing room, I could see putting it into your current pockets because you don't want to just like leave your stuff in a random room. Well, but here's the other thing. Like, like, how often have you you're left also not the getting like room. the best and then gone for, you know, a walk or whatever? <laughs> Oh, to meet the tailor? Uh, yeah, well, yeah, I'm up. not like usually like working with the, like a salesman or anything like that. You're never, but like, even if you are, like when you're with a tailor, you're not more than like five feet from your room where you just trying them on. It's true. They, right, they don't yeah, say like they have you know, mirrors right there. Yeah, so you don't have to worry about all your belongings. But um, yeah, I was wondering about that because obviously he has all this stuff because he's not just going to leave if he had his keys and his wallet and his phone in the dressing room. But yeah, in fact, later on in the episode where. The guy's like, oh, so how are you going to pay for for the pants? And he's like, "You, I, I can't pay. I thought he was going to say because you have my wallet. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> it's in the pants with the, the dressing room. Hmm. Uh, no. But it's not have you guys had experiences where you're out at a mall or out shopping and the alarm goes off and you have to like all yeah, it, proceed it outside? Happened, it happens to me a lot like on the way in like if you're returning something like mm -hmm. like sometimes it'll still have not like the big like clunky security tag but i guess sometimes there's still like stickers or something that could set off the alarm um and it's like i'm like walking in with something and like it's like you know blaring in my face and i'm like i'm coming in i can't be stealing it i'm walking into the mall so i once had a shirt that had that thing like the security tag on it that wasn't taken off by mistake and I, I bought this shirt. Somehow I walked out of the store without the alarm going off. So it didn't work too well there. Um, and then I had yet to wear the shirt. I packed the shirt and we were going to Las Vegas. And I get to Las Vegas and I put the shirt on and I see that it has this giant plastic thing on it. I'm like, well, what the hell am I supposed to do? So I walked over like um, there's like a big mall like right next on the strip in Vegas. Do you know do you guys know what I'm talking about? Mm -hmm. Okay. Anyways, there's a, there's a big mall there. So I sure. walked over to the mall and like I went to the first store and I said, hey, can you just remove this thing? And they're like, no, we can't remove it. You got it from another store. And for all we know, you stole it. I'm like, really? Like, even if hypothetically, let's say I stole it. Let's just say for argument's sake. What like, what do you care at this point? Like, what you're just gonna make your walk around. With so I ended up walking around that entire mall to multiple stores and nobody would take the thing off for me. Like, <laughs> it's like some secret agreement between all the stores. 
And I had, and so I, I don't even know. I don't remember what I did because I couldn't wear the shirt with that. I don't know if it's I had a good that. agreement because anyone could steal something and just go to the next store and get it taken <laughs> off. Okay, but I didn't steal the shirt, obviously. Like, I, who, who? why is it obvious? So, why is it grand, obvious to them? My grand scheme was steal a shirt, fly across the country, and then go. Well, they don't know you from across <laughs> the country. They thought you were from the, the store next door. You probably ripped it off from Walmart and now you want yeah, to take it off. Whatever. All right. So, you're on the side of the stores, Jackass. <laughs> Listen, if I, mean, I yeah, ever, they, if I ever run a retail store, and you bring in a garment from another store that was not stolen, but they forgot to take the thing off. But because you're in another city, you can't go back to that store to have it removed. Then I will happily remove it for you. Yeah, I did just have to do that. Um, we got something in the in the mail that my wife ordered for, I think, for the kids. I don't even remember what it was. And it arrived at our house with the security tag still on. And I had to go to the store and ask them to take it out. But, like, I had a receipt. And, you know, it was all very formal. So oh. they didn't uh, accuse me of being a thief uh, <laughs> like you. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what ever happened with that shirt. I don't. I don't remember the postscript of that story. I would ask my wife, but yeah. she doesn't remember any of my stories. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So Larry uh, driving home. Oh, not even driving home. Driving over to see Jeff. We're gonna. We're gonna talk about why Larry, Larry is spending so much time at the Green Residence in this yeah. episode a little bit later. Um, but yeah. So he's uh, he's driving over and he's uh, humming along, singing along, Officer Krupke to himself in the car, and he arrives at Jeff's house and Jeff comes out to greet him. And this will bring us to our first clip of the day. Hold on. Hold on. Come here. Come here. I got in a lot of trouble with Susie. I need your help so bad. Um, she found a pair of panties in my uh, glove compartment. Are you kidding me? No, I am not kidding you. How the hell did you do that? I forgot they were even in there. I forgot. But here's where oh, I need your help. Man. I told her they were your panties. So you're good? I mean, my panties. What does that mean? No, no, I told her that you were your panties, that you that you like wearing women's panties. I love the casualness. Yeah, that's what I told her. <laughs> I told her you like wearing women's panties. What and, the fuck did it, you come up with that? What does that even mean? I think it's pretty brilliant, actually, when I thought about it later. You're going to cover for me, right? Please, 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 you're going to cover so for me. He's so proud of himself. They're your panties, right? I, I, can't go, I can't go in there. Why not? I'm embarrassed. Oh, none of me embarrassed about. I've Come got on. panties on. Only she knows. No one else knows. How am I supposed to act now? Normal. Panties up here. You don't have to really wear them. You just know you've got them on, and maybe you're a little more comfortable than normal. Ugh. A little more at ease. Maybe a little, little kinder. This Help is me, please. Really? Oh, but we're odd. pals. I would uh, do it for you. I would do it for you. This is very odd. Odd yeah. yet brilliant. Completely and utterly brilliant. My best one ever, maybe. I'm all right. You're a friend. You're a fucking friend. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Come on. I don't understand why no, he it's, it's so brilliant. Like, yeah. even if even if Larry wears women's underwear, why would his underwear of any type end up in Jeff's glove compartment? Also, it's it's full circle because just three episodes ago, Ted Danson implores Larry to be a fucking friend. Yeah. Oh, that's the reference you're saying to be a fucking friend. Yeah. And then, and then the Jeff drops the same, the same, uh, the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. So people are really laying it on thick for light. They're like, listen, you know, you, there's a reason why, you know, your wife left you, your life is falling apart. <laughs> it's because, you know, you never come to bat for your friends. You know, you should, uh, you should take one for the team here. Uh, yeah. I agree with you, Alex. I have no idea why Jeff is like so into this plan. Like he thinks he like nailed this one. It's like, it makes no sense. So proud of himself. <laughs> yeah. I, and I, I like what Mike said at the top. I think, 
there's no way that Susie can believe this. She's just humoring them to see uh, how the depths of their per- I mean, that's actually not, that's probably not the case because then she would call them on it eventually. But that's what I'm going to choose to believe is the case because otherwise it makes no fucking sense whatsoever. Yeah, it's like, it's weird that like Susie feels like that she needs to like prove that like, yeah. you could just like, no, like, I know that you're cheating on yeah. me. I know this is bull- this bull story is bullshit. Like, yeah, she I, need there's, there's no jury to convince. I am the jury and the judge and I think that you're guilty. Like, yeah. Right, that's it. That's all that matters. She can just leave him. <laughs> yeah. Um, Although if she really wants to make him suffer, she should stay with him. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Do what he wants. Um, yeah. So they head inside and Larry says hi to Susie and we get to meet her guests, uh, Virginia and Dennis, played by Elizabeth Shue and John Schneider. Lovely couple. Two you know, fairly famous people playing uh, not themselves. Very notably that Elizabeth Shue does not play herself because like she's almost like playing a real life version of herself, mm-hmm. like as like we'll see later in the episode, the way she's talked about. So it's like it's an interesting choice to not just have her be Elizabeth Shue here. Mm. Now, I have to confess, I didn't really know who Elizabeth Shue was. Like, I didn't recognize her in this scene. She was in every 80s movies, most notably Back to the Future 2 and 3. And one, if you, I think if you watch it now, right, I think they... Yeah. Oh, no, did they super... She looked they, a little different back then. Right, no, I don't think they digitally put her into number one. I think they just redid the last scene of number one, which is also the first scene of number two. I think that's all they redid. And like she was also in Adventures of Babysitting and a bunch of other pretty famous 80s movies. So yeah, she was a very big star in the 80s. No, I, know the name. I know the name. I just didn't really, I didn't recognize the face when she comes on screen. Gotcha. So yeah, so she's like, uh, hey, Larry, you have a security tag on your pants. What's the deal with that? And, you know, he tells him the whole story. You know, we had a fire alarm. And by the way, like I met this guy, Officer Krupke, and he never heard of the character from West Side Story. And he starts singing with Officer Krupke and he's like gesticulating his body. And like he's like also like scratching and adjusting his pants at the same time. And Susie's like kind of like checking him out and seeing what's going on, starting to get weirded out. No, I will bit. say I will and, say, though, in the, yeah. like, I think he's definitely working Susie over because he says, like, yeah, did you know I know all the lyrics to West Side Story? You think you know <laughs> right right starred on Broadway. <laughs> right, that's true. That's true. He's probably nominated for a Tony Award. <laughs> yeah, no way out. No way out. That show's gonna is still running. Larry no David and the producers. Yep. Yeah. So Virginia's telling Larry that, you know, she's actually auditioning for the Seinfeld reunion, and the part that she's going up is George's ex-wife Amanda, the same part that uh Cheryl's going on. And Larry uh, I guess he was hoping that it wouldn't be any real competition for Cheryl. Uh, but yeah, like he he doesn't like even hide the fact that he's like, oh, okay, that's nice. Um so, so, yeah, maybe, so Susie's like, hey, get back to that story you guys were telling me. Yeah. So maybe to answer your question of why doesn't Elizabeth Shue just play Elizabeth Shue here, because they've already had the 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 issue of Cheryl competing with names, and the point is that Cheryl's supposed to be not competing with names. Mm-hmm. Although okay. that raised the issue yeah, later works, yeah. of of when when Virginia comes and tries out and does the audition in front of Jerry, they're going. They're like a girl like that. If you can get her, like yeah, Jerry Seinfeld would have a really hard time getting Virginia Sloan or even Elizabeth Shue or anybody. Like they can get basically anybody he wants. <laughs> But he's acting like it would be such a get for them to get uh, Virginia here. So right, like they were about to have Meg Ryan lined up. Yeah, like, <laughs> but Virginia Sloan stopped yeah. the press. Toot toot. <laughs> yeah, 
now you can see why uh, she's always getting all those jobs. Yeah, it's really a little over the top in that scene. But yeah, yeah. So Susie's uh, says, you know, hey, get back to the story of how you guys met. And Larry's like, no, no, don't tell that story. Um, I don't like how we met stories, which like, well, fuck you. Like, you don't get yeah. to just like show up at someone else's house and yeah, tell them to I, not I, talk I, about I what they want to talk about. Like, excuses themselves. It's like, I'm going to talk about later. So yeah, so Susie's like, well, I want to hear it. So why don't you go take a walk? And by the time you get back, we'll be done with the story. So Larry's like, okay, fine. He goes out for a walk and he sees some kids. <laughs> he has, uh, he has a great line where he says, uh, let me guess how it ends. The two of you uh, end up together. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Spoiler alert. Either that or he, he gets with uh, his, uh, his, his his friend Robin. <laughs> yeah, Mike, what do you think about what are your What are your thoughts on uh, how we met stories? I, 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 I like them. Um, I, I, my, my sister and her... Um, uh, now husband uh, have like a, a really a really great one that I like to uh, you know retell uh, amongst a certain company. Uh, I don't know. I, I'm I'm I, I like them. I'm I'm a romantic though. Listen, if you try to tell it on this podcast, Av and I are going to go take a walk. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we don't want to hear your cloying and annoying stories. It's true. It's true. Uh, Let me guess how it ends. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're, they're... <laughs> or maybe there's a surprise twist. You never know. Yeah, who knows, man? Who knows? uh yeah. but yeah he uh he he goes uh for a walk around the block yeah so he goes for his walk uh see some kids running a lemonade stand and he's like all right i can use some lemonade and before he's able to order they start interrogating him about the pants <laughs> like why did you steal those pants why you have the tag on your pants <laughs> he tries to explain the whole story he's like all right just give me lemonade and he takes lemonade he takes a sip and apparently this lemonade is so goddamn awful <laughs> that the old man can't uh, can't just you know have a sip and move on. He has to start arguing with them how terrible it is, and that they should give him his money back. And you know they start fighting with each other. They call each other idiots. And as he walks away, one of the kids calls him a bald yeah. asshole. I, I, that's the funniest line so far of the episode. I was I was dying. Yeah, uh, we've, we this uh, you're this stupid. is a, no, you're stupid. Yeah, <laughs> you're stupid. Uh, if you remember back in uh, season two, episode three, trick or treat. Bald asshole were the words that mm-hmm. were written on his the house. His, uh, yeah, his, was, I yeah. think his that was like the original <laughs> house with Cheryl. Yeah, and it was an African American child who's now uh, propagating a hate crime here. Very unfortunate. <laughs> Many fine people on both sides. <laughs> um, so yeah, so he comes back to the uh, the green home, um, and he notices that now Susie's like really eyeing him uh, below the waist. And he's like, what are you looking at? What's going on? And she's like, you know, you're just self-conscious. You're just acting paranoid. Um, so, yeah, but like they're both like kind of like, one, you know, one-upping each other here. Um, obviously, yeah, we don't really know the full extent of what Susie knows. I don't think she knows. Susie, does she know things? Let's, I don't know. Um, so, yeah, so there's a knock on the door. And I, I, I want to see that Jeff-Susie conversation because, all right, so Jeff somehow <laughs> convinces her that Larry wears women's underwear. Okay, well, why the fuck were Larry's women's underwear in your glove compartment? Like, that part still is like a... It, it, it's not explained. Yeah. <laughs> Su- Susie's uh, very conveniently uh, gullible here, as necessary in this episode. Yeah. Um, yeah, so there's a knock on the door, and it's the kid's mother from the mm. lemonade stand, and she's like, hey, were you, like, yeah, being mean to my kids? And, like, Larry's like, well, I think I was just, like, helping their business become more self-sufficient <laughs> by giving them the, the criticism that their lemonade needed. And she's like, fuck you, like they're kids. Like, <laughs> like this is the deal. Like, it's gonna be shitty lemonade. And um, Susie like, piles on, like, yeah, she's, she's like, yeah, you, like, it's, it's, it's kids. kids. Yeah, it's kids. Uh, and this is this is Carol Leifer who's uh, this is, playing the role. This is this is Carol Leifer. Um, she's credited as Carol, although 
can't I can't imagine that this, she's actually playing herself because then Larry should know her. Yes. No, but we know in Curb that that people always play the characters have their same first names, right? Right. So she's a different Carol. Yeah. yeah especially considering that, like, the character of Elaine is like loosely based off Carol Leifer. Like Larry right. would yeah, know if it's Carol if it's Carol Leifer, yeah, that would get mentioned. Yes, for sure. Yeah. Um, it's not Carol Leifer. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, and she's like. Um, yeah, if you ever like go near my kids or talk to them again, I'm calling the cops. Yeah, not just like, any cop. <laughs> yeah, but that is the classic curb, you know, checkoffs, you know. Yeah, same as like, you know, the next guy who puts something in my garbage, I'm gonna beat this, you know, I'll tell the, you know, yeah, as soon as he says that, we know, uh, exactly, it'll yeah. be another time, of course. <laughs> yeah, so it's audition day, and yeah. Cheryl and Virginia are, you know, sitting next to each other. And, and hold on, and, and hold on, realize- Larry, Larry's wearing the same pants. On the, on the, the very this, same page. On the second day. <laughs> yes. yes. Um, and, you know, they realize that they're reading for the same part. And Virginia's like, you know, it's really weird that you have to audition for the part. That's like, it's you. You're the person. You're the character. And it turns out they're old friends. And, you know, she's like, why don't we catch up? And, like, you could come have lunch with me and my husband. We're going to go out for lunch after this is all over. So we head into the audition room. And as you said, Cheryl notices the security tag and like, you know, Larry tells her the whole story. And she's like, well, then why didn't you just wear different pants instead of wearing the very pants that you're yeah. going to return? And he's like, well, then I would have to carry the pants. So this way I could just like walk in with the pants. But so I don't, can't you just leave the pants in the locked. car? I don't understand. Like, you carry them into the store. You don't have to carry them everywhere you go that day. Yeah, why, put on his own. why carry a hat when you can wear a hat? So, it, but it, is this so off? And I guess Jared Jerome's email will obviously address this. This is obviously this has to be a reference to the Kramer thing in Seinfeld, right? Yes. I don't think I don't think he's necessarily thinking of it because it's probably just. So there's another thing, story about a person wearing the pants that they're going to return. No, but we've seen them just like copy stories before. Like it's probably just like but, he had the same idea. But wait, my question here though is: specific- was he? Re- is he returning the pants here or he's just going back to pay for the pants and have them remove the tag? I think the implication is he's intending to. Yeah. So, okay. So you're right. So if he's planning on keeping the pants, then it's more understandable why he'd be wearing them. I mean, it's still a little weird. It's to wear still the stupid. Pants right. You should go to, you should go to work. When he, with yeah. When he but walks that's not what Republic, he says. He says, how, like, I want to pay for these and collect my other pants. Yeah. Right. But that's not yeah, what he says. He... he implies that he's returning them, I think. No, no, he says that he wants to pay for them. Before no, he, he says that when he gets into the store. Gone. But yes, I'm saying, yeah. when, but over okay. here in the audition room, his explanation got it. We'd have to carry yes. them around all day. He could have right. just said, "I want to wear them. I'm keeping them. You know, so why take them off?" Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. Um, the whole thing's insane. He wears the pants instead of carrying the pants. Why hold a hat when you yeah. can just put it on your head? <laughs> yeah, Mike said that, but yeah. Oh, you said that already? Sorry. Yeah. I did. I did. It was fine. Yeah, really <laughs> it was funny the second time, too. Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. So now we have the auditions. And I thought instead of just heading straight into the auditions, we could look back at the uh, original incident oh. and see uh, mm. which of our two uh, auditioners here did it better. Because I, I have a clear winner here. So let's. Uh, well, let's I, think it, I, th- I, don't, I don't think it's, it's meant to be ambiguous in the episode. Who does it better? But. All right. I don't know. Maybe off is an alternate tick. All right. Let's. Uh, okay. So here's the original first. You got to share your screen. I didn't share my screen. No, right. We're watching you with your pretty, pretty good shirt. Uh, you and I are twins uh-huh. today, by the way. Yeah. We're wearing our pretty, pretty, pretty good shirts. Mm. All Mike, right. Mike, where's yours? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I, if I had one, I, I'd be rocking it right now. All right. All right. Here we are with uh, Cheryl Hines and Tim Conlin. Tim Conlin making uh, another return to the podcast. Nice. That's right. 
You know, it just gets a little frustrating every time I sit down and watch this network. Hello? Larry! Oh, I don't know. Oh, I got the TiVo kind. Oh, my God! Yeah, you got the warranty on this thing? The warranty uh, on well, Hold on. What? We're going through a really big storm right now. Hold on a second. I need a warranty card. Let me ask you a question. Do you have, do you have a, uh, do you know where the warranty card is on, on no, uh, the TiVo? No, I don't. In case something happens. I mean, Let me ask you a question. Did you draw by any chance? What? I'm sorry, I can't hear you. What, what is that? What did you say? You know who the guy was? No, I'm not talking to you. Larry, I just want to tell you, just in case, for some reason, I, I don't make it. You know who the guy was? You know the guy wasn't installed? I don't know. I don't know his name. Was it Tom or something? Or Don? Something like that? Bill or James? Oh, my God. I'll come back later. Oh, God. It looks like you're really busy. Honey, I'm sorry. You know what? Please. All right, so that's uh, that was the original uh, back from season six on the actual plane, Cheryl uh, just being Cheryl. And mm-hmm. now in uh, season seven, we get Cheryl playing so Cheryl. I'm on an airplane and I'm on the phone. Right. <clears throat> Anytime. Ready? Hello? George? Oh, my God. Honey, you couldn't call it a worse time. I got the TiVo guy here. Oh, my God, George. We're going through a really big storm right now. Hold on, honey. What? You need the warranty? Honey, let me ask you a question. Do you know where the warranty card is on the TiVo? No, no, I don't. I, hey, in case something happens to me, I mean, it's really bad Is, is it in the kitchen drawer by any chance? What? I'm sorry, I can't hear you. What is that? What did you say? George, I just want to tell you in case... No, not you, honey, the TiVo guy. Wait, hold on one second. For for some reason, if Uh, if I don't make it... The TiVo guy wants to know the name of the guy who installed this thing. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know his name. Is it Tom or something? I just want you to know... Or Don, something like that. Maybe Bill or James. Oh, my God. Wait, wait, don't go. What? No, oh, geez, honey, no, I'm sorry. Uh, You know what? The TiVo guy's going to go. I'm never going to get him again. It's just a TiVo guy. <laughs> Honey, call me back in 10 minutes, okay? What? I'm, I'm sorry, sweetheart. I love you. George! George! Um, yeah, so that's uh, Cheryl. And, so Cheryl uh, Hines, good actress. Cheryl David, not such good actress. <laughs> yes. Well, I so- I think she's okay. I I, I think uh, well, we'll get to Virginia. I think Virginia plays this way over the top compared to. Uh, oh wait, so you're okay? I mean, it is an over the top situation. You think you're gonna die? Yeah. Well, I think uh, I think Cheryl plays it better. Let's uh, uh, that's, Cheryl. That, that's my take. Wow. So that so Cheryl gets one pretty from each of Jerry and Larry actually, and more than one pretty it seems from from off. Well, so yeah, so well, Larry's like first he's like uh, Jerry's like oh she was pretty good. Larry's like that was insane. Yeah. Like that was the greatest performance anyone has ever witnessed. Yeah, I, I might guys, I might have to be the Mark Hirschfeld of this situation and <laughs> catch the deciding vote. Yeah, so Mark Hirschfeld is uh, as um, Mike pointed out to me, and uh, is the I would say the probably was we're gonna you know, you know is it the least famous person to ever play themselves, Alex? Oh, is this guy playing himself? Yeah. Yes. He's, he's listed. Played. He's credited as himself in the end credits. Oh, I didn't he even was know a, that. He was a casting director on Seinfeld, so I guess they brought him back for these episodes. Like, and yes. so he just, okay, he's so like, the he ri- just reads for that part. Okay, so then, so he he belongs in the Richard Lewis Club. Then again, which as a reminder yes. is people who were less famous playing themselves than Richard Lewis was in two thousand. Yeah, all and right. I maintain that he is the least famous. Is he less famous? Is he less famous than Josh Minkowitz? 
I don't know who's that. I don't. I don't know either. I think that's the point. Josh, Why did he play himself? Josh is right? an American journalist who was reporting for Dateline since 1995. Why was he in Curb? Is there like a news thing? That, Let me see. When, when was he in Curb? Is the actual the better question? <laughs> oh, oh, sorry. He's in the Spite story. We haven't seen him yet. Oh, okay. I just I preemptively <laughs> added him to the list. My bad. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, all right. So, so would it be this guy or uh, Lou DiMaggio, the comedian? Brad Hall, the husband of, of JLD. I oh, think you're Brad right. Hall's think you're de- right. Brad Hall is on SNL. Like Brad Hall's definitely more fitness than this guy. Like yeah, no one knows okay. who this guy is. Brad, okay, this guy fine. is yeah. No, this guy is nothing. This guy's as famous as we are. Yeah. Yes. All right. Now, now remember in, in the in the 1999 special, there's a whole bunch of random people. Glenn P- Padnick. Like yeah. The, yeah. We're we're not counting those. But not counting that. So I think you're right. So I think this is the le- this is the uh the the gold member of the Richard Lewis Club. <laughs> So welcome, welcome aboard, Mark. Yeah. <laughs> I, I the other uh, thing I like about the scene is I notice now as you play them back to back off, is that sort of an off-handed conversation that Larry's having with a uh, TiVo repairman where he doesn't even know at the time that his wife is at risk. Like there's no reason for him to remember this, the the exact dialogue taking place, but he remembers it verbatim, like the names, the Tom and the Don and the like the <laughs> it's, yeah, it's well word the same. So <laughs> one one could argue that if that conversation with the TiVo guy is the one that caused your marriage to fall apart, you might remember every word of that conversation. Well, but but after the fact, that, but, but but while it's happening, you wouldn't remember those parts because it has no meaning for you. You'd remember yeah. Cheryl, you'd, you'd um, think Cheryl, what she you know. I hope that for the Seinfeld reunion when they cast the TiVo guy, they cast Kevin Heffernan, who looks a lot like the TiVo guy who's on the, on the, on the series. It's a like, joke. Cause you guys didn't never credited that Kevin Heffernan played the TiVo guy as like the broken lizard guy. Oh, who is he? Oh, I don't know who okay. he is. Broken lizard. Um, uh, you saw um, super troopers, right? Yeah, of course. He's Farva. That's Farva. Absolutely. 100%. <laughs> wow. Oh, I guess he's younger here. Wow. I didn't. I mean, he looked sort of vaguely familiar, but not like, and I would not have guessed that was Farver. Wow. Well done. Hmm. Um, I mean, ah, let me put it this way. Like, uh, did you go to a grocery store like in the last couple of days at any point? Uh, sure. Been, okay. So you were at a store and maybe your wife calls and says, hey, pick up. And then a week later, you find out that she's breaking up with you because of that. You're not going to remember like every person you saw in the store and like, what you know, like the. Because it, it doesn't wasn't a week late. It was it was like later that day when she comes home. She's like, "I'm leaving you." Okay, but even so, like you wouldn't yeah, remember the exact been, like, dialogue. Replaying the conference. I, I don't know. I, don't yeah. know. I feel yeah. like I feel like Larry David is wait, is laying in bed at night, replaying that conversation in his head. The conversation that lost him his uh, sure, but yeah, whatever. Prize bride. Know. Yeah. So yeah. Okay. Let's uh. So let's see. Uh, let's see Virginia's audition. See how she does. Mm-hmm. Um. And then uh, we'll break the tie. Honey. In case something happens to me, I mean, it's really bad. Is it in the kitchen drawer by any chance? What? I'm sorry, I can't hear you. What is that? George, I just want to tell you just in case. No, not you, honey, the TiVo guy. For some reason, I don't make it home. The TiVo guy wants to know the name of the guy who installed this thing. Uh, I don't know. I don't know his name. Was it Tom or something? I just, I need you to know. Or Don, something like that, maybe Bill or James. Oh, no, no, geez, honey, I'm sorry. You know what? The TiVo guy's going to go. I'm never going to get him again. It is just a TiVo guy. Honey, call me back in 10 minutes, okay? <laughs> what? I'm sorry, sweetheart. I love you. George! That was great. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, Jerry thinks she's much better. 
But everybody does. Even Larry, Larry concedes Larry is, she's you know, he's selling the entire thing. Yeah, Larry's in denial, but he even <laughs> concedes, right? Like when Brad. Well, yeah, obviously, obviously, that's the plot point is that she's better. I just my personal opinion is yeah. that Cheryl was better. Okay. I think I think I think this uh, Virginia performance is just like too broad, too over the top. And that phony baloney uh, Virginia Sloan. Yeah, Cheryl's <laughs> is more real. I know you're like Jerry. You don't care who's on the plane. It's not a real plane. Yeah. It's not a real show. <laughs> I say it matters. I think uh, Cheryl sells it better. Yeah. But Gary also said it's not a real story, to which Larry's like, uh, it is a real story. Yeah. Like, happened to me. <laughs> That's right. With Cheryl. Yeah. But I, I I also agree that I agree with, with Jerry that like it shouldn't matter that this is based on her. Like if she's not the best actress for it, oh, like it's just, for well, sure. of course. I mean, this is what happens with Kramer and with the real Kenny Kramer. And <laughs> yes. with Cosmo. Yeah. So yeah. A lot of references there. But yeah, and then that, now we have this ridiculous scene where Jerry's like a girl like that, if you can get her, which again is insane to me, but whatever. Right. Yeah. Hello, pro. Yes. Um, so yeah. <laughs> so Mark agrees with Jerry. The part is offered to, to be offered to Virginia. And he's like, listen, you know, I promise you, this is for the best. Like, you don't want Cheryl around. You don't want something to happen between the two of you from working together. And, of course, we know that's exactly, that's what this whole thing is about. That's why there is a reunion, so that Cheryl and Larry can get back together. Um, okay, so, yeah, so Larry uh, heads back on over to Banana Republic to return the pants and to get his old pair back. And uh, the store can't find his old pair. Um, oh, and we do actually. Do oh, good. I, I was hoping you would clip this. <laughs> I love yeah. this scene. This is the best scene of the episode. Yeah. So yeah, before I uh, the salesman, the salesman really yeah. brings it. The scene. <laughs> oh, hi. Hey, welcome back. Oh, you remember me? I remember you from the fire. Yeah. Well, um, my pants were left in the in the dressing room. Oh, they were. Yeah, because I couldn't hang around until the oh, store opened. All right. And um, I need to pay for the ones I'm wearing. Um, I don't see. Uh, they're not. They're not here. They're not here, so. Um, what do you? How can they not be there? What do you well, mean? I mean, any every night they completely clean out the dressing room, and anything that's in there, they put it in here, and the lost and found is not. It's not here. So you lost my pants. I'm I'm sorry, they're gone. So, uh, how would you like to pay for those? <laughs> well, how could I pay for the pants? If you lost my pants, that doesn't seem fair. I mean, first of all, we didn't lose them. They're gone. Oh, there's a difference between lost <laughs> yes. and gone? Lost is different than they're gone. They're lost and they're gone. If they're lost, they'd be yeah. here in the lost and found. They're gone. And that's a difference. No, if they were lost, they wouldn't be there. They'd be lost, which they are. Okay, we have a sign in the fitting room that says that we're not responsible for any lost items. Oh, so good we're not for you. I got a sign in my house, okay? It says, if somebody takes your pants, you take theirs. <laughs> that's my sign. That's a stupid made-up sign. That doesn't exist. No one right. has a sign like that. Of course I don't have a sign like that. I just made it up for the purposes of this discussion. It's obvious I made it up. <laughs> it's obvious. I don't know what you believe. You might believe these things you say. So you might believe that I put up a sign in my bedroom that says, if you take my pants, I take yours? So it's not that unfathomable. Okay. You have to replace my pants. I'm not going to pay for these pants. No, because you're going to walk around with a security tag on that, and someone's going to arrest you or something. I, I don't, I don't it's like a scarlet letter. I'm happy to wear the scarlet letter. <laughs> call me Hester. I won't call you Hester. Call me Hester. I won't call you Hester. You're not, sir, you cannot leave with those pants. Wait, really? It's going to follow you around, that sound. Fantastic. That's great. Yeah, okay, that's great. Fantastic. Um, <laughs> that's a stupid made-up sign. <laughs> I love how it's like that's when he gets the angriest, and he's like, "Of course, yeah. it's a made-up sign. Are yeah. you an idiot?" <laughs> it was so a fun. joke. 
Mitch still plays. Not that unfathomable. Yeah, it could happen. It could happen. Uh, So we, um, a a friend of mine was complaining to me that a, uh, a, somebody was walking their dog by his yard the other day and he was sitting there and the dog came and dropped a deuce on his yard. And he said to the guy, like, well, why'd you let your dog poop on my yard? And the guy said, well, if you don't want that, you have to put a sign up that says, I don't want dogs to poop in my yard. (laughs) No. No, yeah. no, you don't. You don't need to put up a sign. That's yeah, not yeah. a thing, of course. Yeah. <laughs> the sign is implied. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So that's uh, another sign that people probably uh, don't necessarily need to have. Yeah, I feel um, so. I is this something that they did on Seinfeld, the Lost versus Gone, the Lost in Because I feel like like it sounds familiar, but it may just be from this episode. Um, well, there's it, certainly like it. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of like conceptually of the like reservation. Like, you take the reservation, you know, the reservation. It's not yeah, gone; it's just lost. Conceptually, like, it's many things in Seinfeld, but there's 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 the scene in the um, when they're in the the dry the 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 washing place. What's the place where you wash your clothes called? Dry, uh, the dry cleaner, a, a laundromat. Thank you, laundromat. No, a laundromat yeah. Um, early season curb or uh, Seinfeld. Excuse me. When um. Remember when Larry had the money in the bag when he mixes his mm. stuff with Kramer stuff, and then the right. guy says, well, "We have a sign that says we're not responsible." And Jerry says, "Oh, you have a sign, you know, like as if a sign absolves <laughs> you of all responsibility." <laughs> so that's what I was thinking of. Yeah. Um, and then of course they try, you know, they they put the cement in his uh, machine. Um, so that's what I was thinking. But yeah, I, the lost versus this exact dialogue, I don't remember, but it, it does seem so Seinfeldy that it could. Mm-hmm. Be. We'll have to wait for Jared Jerome's email. That's true. Yeah, the whole the whole like loss versus gone distinction is what, what, what are you talking about? Yeah, <laughs> it's not lost; it's just gone. Yeah. If it was lost, it'd be in the lost and found. Therefore, it's right. gone. Right. <laughs> Only things in lost and found are lost. Everything yeah. else in the world is not lost. Actually, by definition, things in the lost and found are lost and found. Right? They were lost. Now they've been found. Yes, but from the perspective of the person who lost them, they're, they're still, still lost. lost. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. They've been found by the person. Maybe like someone will like turn up with them two days later and they'll become lost. They'll Mm. go from gone to lost. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly right. Now they're just gone. They're not even lost yet. If somebody else finds them, then they're lost. (laughs) (laughs) Now they're just, they're just gone. They're completely gone. They don't exist. Um, Outside the store, Larry bumps into Cheryl and he's like, Hey, so we're going to go with Virginia for the part. And she's like, yeah, I know. I I know I told you it was a formality. I thought it was a formality too. Um, but yeah, there's really uh, nothing we can do at this point. And she's like, well, you'll think this is funny. Um, <laughs> Does she know Larry at all? <laughs> yeah, I was at lunch with Dennis and Virginia. And when she was in the bathroom, Dennis asked me if I wanted to have a menage a trois with the two of them. And Larry's like, you thought I would find this funny? Why would you think I would <laughs> yeah. find this funny? And she's like, well, what's the big deal? She's like, you're my ex-wife. If you're going to have a menage a trois with anybody, it's going to be me. <laughs> To which Cheryl says, why would I want to be in a menage a trois with you? And he's yeah. like, well, you wouldn't. Uh, but I, I, just, do one. I love how disgusted Cheryl suddenly is at the thought <laughs> of sleeping with Larry, you know? <laughs> yeah. I, and I love, the, I love the, well, you wouldn't. So like, he's acknowledging, like, no, that yeah. would never happen. Yeah. But if you're going to do one, I would prefer it would be with me. Can I, can I critique Dennis here, by the way? Like, if you want to invite somebody to participate in a menage a trois with you and your partner, you ask together. You don't wait till your yes. partner's in the bathroom. Because that's right. what makes it look creepy or weird or he's trying to cheat or he's joking. Like, you know, like if it's an earnest question, it has to come from both of them, I think. Absolutely. You're 100% right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. What he does is like at, at, at best creepy, at worst predatory. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and just like, yeah, not going to. And 
obviously not going to get the job done. Like, yeah, you need that. Uh, you need the woman's touch in there to, uh, to seal the deal. You know, tell her that this is really on the up and up. This is, you know, this is safe. This is fine. You don't want some guy propositioning you while his wife is in the bathroom. Yeah. Although I, I will say if if Dennis's actual intent, which it's not. But if let me put it this way, if you want to cheat on your spouse with someone, I think Dennis actually comes up with kind of a smart way to do it because you proposition the person who you want to cheat on your spouse with. Hey, participate in a menage with us. So then if she responds very positively, you can say, well, actually, let's forget about my wife, just the two of us. But then if your wife comes, then you can say, oh, no, no, I was I wasn't proposing cheating on you. I was proposing all three of us. Uh-huh. She's into it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's that's really the same plan, right? It's yeah. like it's like the fake menage a trois offer. Yeah. I think, I think that. yeah. So maybe that's what Dennis is, is pl- but no, but Dennis, it seems quite clear, is interested in the menage when uh, Larry confronts him in his office. Yeah, he's into it. Uh, Dennis is a very uh, attractive man. He doesn't seem like he has a, yeah. I mean, Cheryl does seem like she's kind of into it also. So, and the wife's into the menage too. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Can't be an orgy guy. <laughs> yeah. Larry, oh, that, that was, Larry was, can't be an orange guy. Dennis can. Yeah, it was always he, he. He does have like a similar reaction earlier when like he, when he's asking Jeff like, "Oh, how am I going to act?" He's like, "He's like, I can't be a panties guy." Yeah. <laughs> Although he does a pretty good job as a panties guy. Yeah. So Larry is completely appalled. He storms over to De- to uh, Dennis's office to confront him in the middle of the workday. And first they bicker back and forth about the you know Cheryl's status. He keeps referring to him as his wife. He's like, "You mean your ex wife?" What is their status? They're not divorced yet. We know that the divorce lawyers come in the next season. Yeah, right? they're separated. So they're 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 separates. Okay. Yeah, she's a separate. Um, she's out there. But and he's, yeah. And uh, Dennis is like, well, you know, I would have you know that uh, Cheryl was actually kind of curious about the whole thing. So, um, you know, I wouldn't be so sure. Well, okay, hold and, on. So let's take a step back. If Cheryl was curious at the time, then she wouldn't have told Larry because then she would yeah. know it upset Larry. She's telling Larry because she thinks it's so hilarious and would never happen. Yeah, but it's also I possible that, that she Larry's reaction pushes her into Dennis's arms. Mm. Yeah, that might. Um, yeah, but like knowing Cheryl, she probably like played along enough or like at least didn't act completely disgusted by it. That Dennis, being the sleazy hornball that he is, left with the impression but that Cheryl is so prude. Cheryl thinks it's kinky to have sex in the, in the daylight hours. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, she won't do it. But she's very she's just polite. Mm. Like she, she wasn't going to tell him off. Yeah, she wasn't so polite at uh, Porno Gill's house. She was. Uh, <laughs> I think Cheryl in the show was very, very prudish. Oh, for sure. She's, yeah. I don't think that she's going to have the threesome with them. Yeah, too bad for Dennis and Virginia um, and Cheryl. Oh yeah, and, 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 us, and, and us the viewers. We're on HBO. <laughs> let's, let's take advantage of it. <laughs> it's a loss for everybody. Yeah, <laughs> except for Larry. So, yeah, so we're back at Jeff and Susie's house. And here's where I must interject and ask, why are we back at Jeff and Susie's house? Like, why is Larry just like hanging out at their house now? Like, he uh-huh. has a very nice big house all to himself. He's just and like, then we would get Leon if we went to his out. house. Yeah, uh, yeah. Leon is like sexiled him. I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. All right. Whatever. So he's he's chilling at the greens for the day again. Um, and again, he's uh, he's like itching his uh, his underwear. He's adjusting his pants. And Susie's like, what's the fidgeting all about? And she starts interrogating Larry, like, what's that underwear? Where did you get it? Oh, my assistant bought it. Yeah, well, where'd she get it? From from a website. 
what website? And like, clearly, <laughs> clearly, like Larry's like starting to crumble. Jeff comes in, he breaks up the conversations as we need to talk and gets Susie out of there. And he tells Larry, I'm getting really nervous that Susie's finding out the truth about the panties. Mm-hmm. He should have, uh, he should have emailed Larry and wrote subject line, my affair. <laughs> I'm getting very nervous that Susie is figuring out that the panties story is fake. Yeah. Um, and Larry's like, well, like I'm trying to do this thing where like I'm playing, like I'm a I'm a guy, but I'm also a crossdresser, and, and just like, no, you're not, no, you're not a crossdresser. You're, you're just doing it for comfort. Like, get, get you know, get this whole backstory out of your head. You're Larry David, and you like the comfort in women's panties. Yeah. And Jeff is like, well, I have even better news. Uh, I've bet you know, along with that, and that is that Virginia is in a neck brace and she can't play the part, and now the part is Cheryl's. And Larry's like, that's crazy. That's amazing. How did that happen? Like, well, how did she get hurt? And Jeff's like, she wouldn't tell me. She said it doesn't matter, which is weird because like later she'll, tell, weird. <laughs> she'll tell Susie. And like, why wouldn't you just say a car accident? Yeah. Because um, otherwise everybody will assume the obvious of how you got hurt. Um, <laughs> wait, wait, hold on. You're joking, right? Yeah, I'm joking. Oh, okay. Because right. um, Larry's because assertion I- in this episode <laughs> is... Ridiculous. Insane. Ridiculous. Everyone knows. Only two ways. Everybody knows this. It is known. Yeah. Car at no, number one is a car accident. And number two is for performing cunnilingus. Those are the only two ways that Those a person can do two on the on yes. the family feud board. Right. Like you can't be like a skateboarding ad or a yeah, trade or skiing. Accident. Nope. Skiing accident. Nope. You would hurt the neck. Mm. Um, yeah, there could be other sexual activities that could also injure nope, the neck. No, nope, <laughs> Yeah, so, so, but like, oh, so, but like, maybe it was a car accident. So Larry's like, well, we need to find out. So they, uh, they sneak on over in the middle of the night yes. over to Virginia's house and they see a completely untarnished, perfect, pristine car sitting in yes. the driveway. They know, Larry, they know A, where Virginia lives, B, what her car is, C, that well, this they, is the only car she could have possibly been driving. So there's only one conclusion. Yes. Virginia has injured her neck going down on Cheryl. Yes, uh, and that's the only person it could be. You, all you know about them is that they're so open to menages that they're propositioning everybody. So, right. Larry's, Larry is so jumping to conclusions here. It's amazing. Yeah, it's amazing. It's amazing how, how he jumps so even, far. So far. Even f- with all the evidence Larry has, what is the percentage chance that the way she injured her neck was going down on Cheryl? Like one in a thousand <laughs> at most? No, it's no, it's 50-50. Yeah. There's only two ways. Yeah, exactly. So, and we know, we've, we've, we've proven it conclusively yes. that um, no car accident. So yeah. that only leaves one way. And who else would it be? I am interested. What? Yeah, but you did raise a good point. Why cunnilingus in particular does Larry think injures the neck more than others? Um, you know, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, I you know, obviously, I think this is a whole ridiculous scenario that he plays out. But if he has reached the conclusion that this woman has been injured due to performing cunnilingus on somebody, it's not completely out of the question that the person that she was performing cunnilingus on is the person who the day before her husband propositioned for a menage a trois. Sure, yes, it's, but, it's, but but it, but I yeah, but it's but it's I confirmation bias. Is, yeah, that a person who is you know offering up menages to people left and right as willy nilly as uh, unless you know this is the first time. Uh, no, no, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, if I'm, she went, I'm if she went down on Cheryl, it's not the first time she's gone down on somebody. Is my point? Probably not. Probably yeah. not. But you know, the timing is, uh, you know, unimpeachable. Yes. Mm. <laughs> um. So yeah. So Larry will head on over to have lunch with Cheryl, and I think this is going to be our final clip this episode. So let's check out what they discuss. 
So, I have some news. Virginia can't do the part. You're playing George's ex-wife. I'm going to play George's ex-wife? Are you kidding me? Congratulations. And, and everybody's on board with this? Jerry, Jerry said yes, yeah. and you talked it over, and... Yeah. I can't believe you didn't call me as soon as you I heard wanted the news. To, you know, so save it. Fantastic. Huh? So I can tell my mom. Tell and the, all your family. Tell them all. Yeah. And mention me when you tell. I, I will mention you. That's I unbelievable. Thank the whole you. Thing Thank you, Larry. Yeah. Wow. So what happened with Virginia? Why, why can't she do it? What an interesting question. <laughs> why can't she do it? Well. It seems as if Virginia hurt her neck. Mm. How did she hurt her neck? <laughs> Very good. <sighs> He's all in. <laughs> we all know we all there's know. only two ways a person can injure their neck. One is a car accident. And she was not in a car accident because I checked the car. He says that so casually. The other, yeah. <laughs> not a lingus. And I submit, she performed it on you in a threesome. Come on. What you, are you, know, you, you talking you about? Listen, uh, you know we're adults. Let's just get oh my this. god! Because yeah. I told you about Dennis and the three-way. Oh, oh there are two stop, ways stop. to injure you. Yeah, there are other ways to hurt your neck, here, Larry, Larry uh, besides having to go yeah, down. Oh, yes, right. <laughs> Name one. <laughs> painting. 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 Uh, <laughs> I jumped on Michelangelo in a brace. <laughs> now, Cheryl does a very bad job of coming up with another way to injure your neck. Painting. <laughs> Um, but I mean, but also, yes, you could injure your neck. Pain. Yes. Like there's, there's a billion ways you can yes. injure your neck. Literally, uh, by the way, can happen. I, I realize yes. as we're watching the scene, you know, who's equally at his fault or maybe even more so is, is Jeff. Because when Larry says this idiotic, there's only two ways. And let's go check out the car. <laughs> Jeff doesn't call him on his bullshit. Jeff's like, oh yeah, that, that, that adds up. Yeah. You're probably right. <laughs> yeah. I should probably car. Re- yeah. I should probably let you reach the conclusion that yeah. your, your ex-wife was having a threesome yesterday. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. That's the only thing we can conclude here. Yeah. Well, Jeff's a hornball, so maybe he just wants to imagine it. Yeah, yeah. He 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 likes this version of the story. Um. So yeah. So Cheryl uh, storms out, and Larry gets a call from Jeff, who says, "You know, Susie's really not buying this whole thing with the panties, and I really needed your help convincing her, um, or she's gonna leave me." So Larry's like, "All right, I have an idea." Um, which, like, <laughs> I don't know what like he presents this as like some like amazing brainstorm is that I'll, oh, I'll actually wear panties and let me see let her see them like shouldn't have that been like the immediate thing but here's the thing he needs Krupke to show up for like this to be a fluid thing wasn't just planning on doing just dropping trow like unannounced yeah, it's not really clear what what the what the long term plan was. I guess he was they were going to eventually create a situation that would uh, would arise. I mean, obviously he didn't plan the Krupke. Oh, so Krupke was like, not crazy. in on the scheme. Okay, no, that can't be. No, I, I just have no idea. I mean, because he he comes in and makes LD take his pants off right away. It seems like it it works out for their scheme very well. But he only gets called because on the way home, Larry's singing the song again and yells "Krupp you" out the window, and they think they he yeah. said "fuck you." So Carol Leifer calls the police. Like, so, she, so, the, so she's so, done yeah, it on two? So, yeah, so the brilliant scheme of Larry is just that he's going to wear women's underwear forever 
And eventually there'll be a situation where we'll have to drop Trow in front of Susie. That's the scheme. Yeah, I mean, I don't like, know. It's it's a sloppy ending. Like it's it's funny. Like yeah. I'm glad. Like, but it's sloppy. Yeah. Yeah. So you know they're waiting. For, they're waiting for Susie. Like Virginia got hurt in a car accident. She's in a neck brace. And Larry's like, "What are you talking about? Her car is in the driveway. It's fine." He's like, "She was driving Dennis's car. You asshole." No. And uh, <laughs> he's been called by the. You know, he's the only cop in L.A. And they got a call that Larry's using obscenities. And he notices the security tag. He's like, what's the deal? You, you stole pants too? You have to give me the pants. So Larry takes off the pants. And yeah, as you said, this whole thing doesn't really make a ton of sense. But there's nothing like that shot of Larry David in those uh, pink women's underwear. Uh, and Susie, like, and Larry says, I'm Larry David. And I happen to enjoy wearing women's panties. The way that Larry delivers the line over the course of the episode, you know, mostly practicing with Jeff until the end here. The cat, he does a great job delivering the line, much better than Joey does. He, he's all, yeah, it. yeah. And then we have a very, very weird cut and ending here, um, uh, in more ways than one. We just like cut over to Larry's house for one scene. Larry opens the door and we see Jeff in a neck brace and he says, You gotta tell Susie I was in a car accident. Mm. And then we issue the normal curb theme song music and go straight into the uh musical rendition of Officer Krupke to end the episode. Mm-hmm. So very strange on multiple levels. Very like abrupt ending. Um, so I don't know. Does, this episode, I might argue, has has not yet ever ended <laughs> because we haven't heard the Curb music and a, a Curb episode is not over until we hear the Curb music. Is that true for every episode we've had Curb music to end it? I think we would have noticed it by now if not. Um, I know like in the first episode or two, they played the curb music as like an interlude sometimes, the way they use that yeah. like frolic music now. Yeah. But yeah, I think every episode ends with the theme song. I think this is the only one that doesn't. It's like it's a very unusual choice. Uh, I don't mind it. I, I don't care. It's just like like odd. it and it brings a smile to my face. But again, like I am of the bias that like I love West Side Story and Officer Krupke is like a fantastic song. And whenever I hear it, I'm like, yes, here here it comes. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, so Mike, why don't you uh, start us off? Yeah. What is your rating for the episode? Okay. My rating for this episode. Uh, I give this episode a pretty, 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 pretty good. Four, five pretties. Hmm. Yeah. No, I, I again, like, it's, it's, it, it scratches a lot of the issues that I have in like just like weird plots uh, centered around musical theater and like it, I, I think that everything kind of comes together uh, in a very funny way uh, and yeah there are things I nitpicked with with like the, the, the plan of the end doesn't make a whole bunch of sense but I, I think it's a lot of fun I'm glad to get Jerry back in the mix uh, and we're uh, we're we're rounding the corner and just uh you know it's very Seinfeld heavy the last two episodes so I, I really like this one 
Uh, so I gave it four out of five. Hmm. Yeah, I'll go next. I think um, this is a rare episode where I think Av is going to be lower than me. Um, as I mentioned earlier, unlike Mike, I don't I don't necessarily love the song. And so, as I said, when I started to hear the title, I'm, I wasn't that excited for this episode. But um, I mean, I really enjoyed this episode. Um, and not only is, is Jared Jerome will allege because of the threesome talk, it's just it's a funny episode. Um, I, and so I'm going to say it's uh, pretty, 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 pretty good. Three and a half for me. It's my uh, number 20 ranked episode out of 68 so far. Yeah, so I uh, I came into this episode with, uh, with a 3.0 written down. Um, over the course of the episode, I became a little bit higher on the episode. Um, I think, you know, revisiting some of the really great scenes a couple more times. Um, and just I would say that it's, it's a funnier episode than it is a good episode. Um, there's like, it has some really high moments. Um, but the episode, and the episode does tie together very nicely in the very end, um, which we always like that. We also like Larry winning at the end, rare occurrence. Um, on multiple fronts, it's like he he like pulls it off, but then like he he gets he ties things up with Cheryl, gets her the part, and like he kind of like gets the final like like the last laugh at Jeff that like you know we did this whole shtick and now like you're gonna be screwed anyway. Um, so although I will know, object, all, uh, I'm not sure if he's tied it all up with Cheryl. I think he sort of ruined that big moment. He has that lunch with Cheryl where he tells her she has the part and his you know desire to get her back is working nicely but then he ruins it by accusing her of having a threesome and they sort of leave on not the best terms i think yeah uh but yeah i think in the big in the big picture in the big picture yeah she's got the part yeah so he's still yeah that's true yeah yeah i mean there was there was always gonna be bumps along the road he is larry david still like (laughs) he's larry um so yeah so so um yeah so i'm gonna go up to a pretty 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 good uh three and a half pretty is right there with you and notch below mike um so, yeah, so I think we're all uh, we're in a pretty similar place. Now, I, I noticed, uh, and I've noticed this before, but I've never really discussed it on the air. When you do a half rating, you just your last uh-huh. your last pretty is actually one and a half pretties long. Right. Oh, so I elongate. The, so, I yeah. Okay. Yeah. And when when I do a half pretty, I just do a short, uh, almost like three four and a half 30. stars. The next one is like half of a star. I do like a, 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 a tiny fourth pretty. Yeah. All right. Yeah. There are different ways to do the same thing. Yes, exactly. Yes. So you have, uh, yes, two regular size pretties and one uh, 50% longer pretty. I have three regular size pretties and a fourth 50% of the regular size pretty. So, yes. But we get to the same place. And um, who is the come with guy? Uh, We'll let you go first again, Mike. Ooh. um, You knew this was coming. (laughs) Yeah, I did. Uh, I'll give it to Jerry. Mm, okay. Yeah. He's back in the fold. Uh, he's, uh, yeah, I, I, I'll give it to Jerry this episode. All right. I, I wanted to give it to the salesman. Again, I thought he was great in that scene. But listen, Virginia, uh, to channel uh, the off mentioned Jared Jerome here again, Virginia is the anti Cheryl. She's an amazing actor. Yes. She has an openness to threesomes. So, I mean, just a great wife, a great actress. She's got it all. Virginia, uh, she's my come with gal, uh, regardless of how she hurt her neck. Yeah, we don't know for sure that she's open to threesomes. We just know that her husband <laughs> is trying to, to get other women to join in. Yeah, but he's, I mean, Dennis is so open with it in Larry's office that if this is all without his wife's consent, then yeah, then he's like a Jeff level scumbag, which he might be. Yeah, he might be. But but he's going around sharing the story of how they met. By the way, Larry walked out of that story. For all we know, they met, they were engaged in some kind of, you know, orgy. Yeah, it could definitely be. She was a city yeah. planner. She was a real estate art agent. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like the same. Uh, time. Yeah. 
So we met we met an anarchist. Yeah. yeah, Larry should have stayed in. He would have gotten the story, and then he would know what he's yeah. dealing with. Yeah, yes. exactly. Bad job by Larry walking away. Uh, ah, what about you? Who's your come with guy or guy? Um, yeah, I'm gonna go with uh, I'm going with Larry this time. Um, mm. he uh, he really is the come with guy for Jeff. Like, goes to very long, mm. uh, long uh, stretches to um, you know, back up his buddy and get him uh, get him out of trouble. He uh, finally uh, steals the deal with Cheryl on getting the part. And uh, hopefully things will head in a positive direction there. Uh, so, yeah, I think he gets a lot done. He does a lot of things for, nicely for uh, for a lot of people. And uh, he gets a pair of pants out of it. Although I guess then he gets the pants taken away. But the very <laughs> yeah. pants. Even Steven on the pants front. Even Steven on the pants. And actually in the negatives because his new pair of pants have a security tag on them. All right, uh, Av, you go first this time. Who's the fucking asshole? The fucking asshole is whoever this woman is that just leaves her panties in somebody else's glove compartment and doesn't tell him. Why was she? She left without her underwear. She never thinks to say, oh, this married guy I'm sleeping with, I should let him know that my underwear is missing. Or did she just like, she snuck it into glove department? No, 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 no. no. I'm going to defend Trap him? I'm going to defend him. I think he was a trapper here. Larry asks, how can you do that? And Jeff says, I forgot they were in there. She didn't hide them there without Jeff's knowledge. Jeff knew they were there. Jeff's just an idiot. Maybe they were a gift. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, that's usually the like if a woman gives you her underwear, she's not an asshole. And if you're cheating on your wife, no, I'm completely Jeff is the asshole. He committed adultery uh, very sloppily. I will note uh, on at least two occasions in this episode. Um, I mean, the, the woman's not great either. She's a participant in, in the in the adultery. But I don't agree with Av that she's trying to, like, you know, get Jeff in trouble or something. Well, we'll yeah, never know. We, we, we don't know the identity of the woman. Like, we don't know if she has a family, if, like, what, like yeah. you know, what, what her situation is. We don't. Why would she asshole. want? I mean, Av, why would she want to hide her underwear in Jeff's car? It's like a blackmail thing. Yeah, I think she's trying to blackmail. She met someone with lots of money mm, and okay. she's uh, she found her way out of her uh, lifestyle uh, where she's going to no longer going to have to sleep around with uh, big Hollywood bigwigs and um, she could uh, keep her panties uh, in her own glove compartment going forward. All right, it's a theory. <laughs> Mike, what about you? No, it's Jeff. It's absolutely Jeff. Yeah, and I'm yeah. shocked <laughs> this isn't sweet. Like, it, it's, it's Jeff. Yeah. Yeah, he literally bookends the episode with adulterous acts. All right. Um, well, so I was going a little bit out of the box. Yeah, no, that's fair. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. So, yeah, we have, uh, you know, we discussed this at the top already, but possibly the biggest celebrity yet with uh, Ben Affleck, who, um, I mean, so are we to presume that Ben Affleck basically reached out to Larry David and said, hey, I want to come on an episode of Curb. And Larry's like, oh, great. I'll write you in. And Ben's like, no, no, no. I don't want to say anything. I just want to be on the episode for like, f- I just want to casually be shopping at a store, walk out and be seen on screen for less than one second. Maybe he just happened to be at Banana Republic that day. And then they realized it in post. That uncredited, un- that's why he's uncredited. True. Yeah. I mean, but you, but these are all extras, obviously, right? Like they don't actually film at a real Banana Republic with random customers. <laughs> Generally not. Maybe he signed yeah. up to be an extra. And nobody yeah. does. There's one extra sure. work for that day. Yeah. <laughs> um, uncredited though. So I don't know if he, yeah, does he get paid? Uh, that's a good question. Well, uh, Listen, if we ever get an interview with Ben Affleck, our first question will be, what the hell are you doing? on?" Actually, you know what? That will be. I'm being um, sincere here. This will be the first question if I ever meet Ben Affleck. Okay. I'm okay with that. What's your first question? Yes. Oh, tell me why you made the decision in the 42nd episode of, you know, of uh, what the hell is that movie called that he directed where they went to Iran? I ruined my budget. Argo. Yeah, thank you. Argo. I couldn't remember the name of Argo. So my <laughs> the, the town. Yeah. <laughs> But I was already committed mentally to Argo in my head, so I couldn't switch to another Ben Affleck movie that I knew the name of. 
It's like, I'm going down in flames with Argo. All right. Um, <laughs> is it postman time off? It is postman time. Now, as we he- normally do, we have to offer the guest an opportunity to leave if he doesn't desire to uh, stay for the, uh, for the postman. <laughs> no, I, I, I stick it out, baby. And let All me right, ask you another on. question. Uh, did Mike send an email before he knew he was going to be the guest on this episode? He did not. Oh, because it wasn't very funny to. <laughs> I think, uh, you know, my, my, uh, I called Mike out for not sending enough emails a few weeks ago. So, so he, he shows uh, up. He, he did us one better. Okay. Us, uh, <laughs> an, an email in person. Um, before we go to the postman, actually, we do. Clearly, have... I'm still miffed at it. I've been on this. <laughs> <laughs> we uh, we have a new uh, we have a new review on iTunes. Ah. Um, and it comes from Mecca Rodzilla 69. Great name. And Be careful. I understand you can hurt your neck that way. Yes. And they write, sometimes hearing people recount Curb can be just as funny as watching it. Alex and Av do a great job of really getting into the weeds. Five pretties out of good. Yes, we do get into the weeds. That's very true. Um, yeah. So we now have uh, we have 16 reviews. Um, so go ahead and be the next one. Uh, we have 34 ratings uh, average out to 4.6 out of five. So that's uh, I guess now I say pretty, 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 pretty good. Is that, really <laughs> say it? Is that better? elongated more um yeah so 4.6 out of 5 uh yeah so let's get more 5.0 ratings in there we could uh we could get up to like 4.9 maybe then it, then it looks like just like there was like one asshole that screwed us now it looks like a few people didn't like us yeah <laughs> um, um yes okay so yeah postman time uh, postman uh, postman come uh, here, here tell the okay. neighborhood right, and first up is a new emailer named joshua schmitz and he says Hello, gentlemen, long-time listener, first-time emailer. I really enjoyed this episode. The fact that it followed a plot from beginning to hilarious payoff at the end is something that had been lost in some of the earlier episodes of the season. There are so many great one-liners in this episode that I quote all the time, much to the dismay of my wife. The kid at the lemonade stand yelling, bald asshole. The store clerk saying, I don't know what you believe. You might believe the things you say. And there's only two ways to injure your neck. For the fucking asshole of, ep- of the episode, he says, it would be really easy to give it to Jeff in this episode due to the infidelity, but I'm going to give it to John Schneider's dentist for no mm. other reason than the fact that he gives me seriously sleazy vibes when he's talking to Larry about the threesome. He yeah. does. He does. Okay. Now, I, I, can we go back for a second? So he's, he uses the there's only two ways to hurt your neckline to his wife. <laughs> I want to see this conversation. So his wife's just like, oh, my neck hurts. And he says, did you get in a car accident? And she's like, no, why? He's like, oh, then I know what you did. <laughs> <laughs> you might believe the things you say is a great is a yeah. great thing to say to somebody who's upset. Yeah, that'll probably work out well. The stupid made up sign. <laughs> uh, he says, "Come with guy has to go to Larry. He's the ultimate come with guy in this episode, covering for Jeff until the very end." Yes, and he true. gives it four point five pretties out of five. Hmm. Welcome Which brings to us. Yeah, brings us to Jim Crumley, who says, while not at the very top of the current pyramid, this is an excellent episode. The Officer Crumpy song is proof to me that I have been wise to never see West Side Story. But Larry sells it. Uh, Jim, you can see West Side Story. Oh, wow. Now there's an old movie that I've seen that Jim hasn't. So, um, yeah, Jim, uh, balls in your court. So, uh, so many almost believable bits of contrivance fit together so well. 4.5 pretties. Come with Guy, it has to be Larry. He goes through so much for Jeff in this episode. I can't tell if he is just that good of a friend to Jeff or if he just loves pulling one over on Susie. Or he or, just likes wearing women's underwear. Yeah. For the asshole Larry of the week, David. Yeah. he enjoys the comfort. And he gives the asshole of the week to the Banana Republic clerk. How does he not go back for the pants when they're waiting outside or somehow try to make the lost pants right for Jerry? Very bad job by you. 
Mm. That's a bad job. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, like, I don't know. Like, he's he might not be able to get the pants at this point, but yeah, like they should work out like some sort of credit because like for the fact that they lost his pants due yeah. to them having a fire drill and misplacing it. So yeah, like I don't know if free pants is the answer, but like at least a significant discount on the pants. Yeah, I in real well, life when you have like a billionaire Hollywood mogul like Larry David in your store, I feel like your your primary goal is not to collect the money for your pants, but to make sure he's happy. So, uh, a couple of years ago, I was <laughs> in a movie theater uh, watching Mamma Mia Two, <laughs> um, and so there's like five minutes left in the movie. Like Cher shows up, and I'm like, oh, the movie's about to end. And the fire alarm in the movie theater comes off. Oh, God. <laughs> and, like, everyone just, like, looking at each other, like, we're going to, like, stay through this end of the five minutes. Of the, and, like, the ushers had to, like, come and be like, guys, you cannot ignore this fire alarm. Like, you need to leave the theater right now. <laughs> so I have never seen the last five minutes of Mamma Mia 2, colon, here we go again. Oh, wow. So, so I don't know happen. what Cher does in that film because we had to <laughs> evacuate the theater. <laughs> What's I should the, have like been an asshole, been like, "Hey, like we didn't see the end of this movie. Like, give me a free yeah. movie pass." <laughs> I mean, I think that's a reasonable thing to ask if you're at a movie theater and the movie gets but, interrupted. But speaking of movie pass, I think I saw it via movie pass. Oh, okay, <laughs> so they like, said, "Okay, your reward is you can see as many movies as you want for free this month." <laughs> so yeah, so they weren't getting any money anyway. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> nope. Uh, uh, this makes me wonder: what is the latest into a movie that you've ever stopped watching a movie for whatever reason and and then quit it, like never seen the rest of the movie? Because five minutes to go was like, you know, that might be a record holder for Mike. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know if I've ever gotten that far or five minutes left, but I think there's definitely been movies that had 20 or minutes left. And I was just like, ah, I'm not I'm not I don't care. I just don't want to watch this anymore. <laughs> Watching a movie, movie I can't, 10 minutes left and like didn't even care to see the end of it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, nothing comes to mind, but yeah, I'm sure I've done that. Mm. Five minutes left. I would probably just like get through the last five minutes. Hmm. Um, you, know, you know the movie Seven? What's in the box? Yeah. So, yeah, Br- Brad Pitt asked what's in the you, box, and I said, I'll never know. Yeah. Yeah, no. You said, I don't want to know what's in yeah. the box. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it's, yeah. it's, it's Schrodinger's box. <laughs> yeah. I have what no, what's in that box? I'm assuming it was uh, like a kind gift of some sort. Yeah, sure. it could be anything. It could even be a boat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, five minutes left. Um, yeah, but I mean, yeah, so you were there obviously with Movie Pass, but I'm sure that some of the people who were in the movie theater that day probably, you know, were given uh, free. It was tickets. a pretty full theater, too. Yeah. Uh, well, Mamma Mia, too. Why would it not be? Uh, I remember that summer there was like a thing piece about how Mamma Mia, too, uh, here we go again, is essentially the same plot as The Godfather Part Two. <laughs> <laughs> it was very funny. It was very yeah. funny. But you're not in a position to object because you don't know the payoff. Yeah, I know. Like yeah. everyone's like coming together for a baptism, and it was. Does she? Re- yeah. Does 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 she reject Satan in all of his if, forms? Um, if I if I find it, I'll, I'll send it to you so you can link it in the. Yeah. <laughs> in the is, show is this a video? I want to watch this. Yeah. No, it, it's it was an article. It's an article. It was an article. Okay, that's fair. I can read. Um. Okay. Next email is from William Blake, who says, Hey, Alex and Av, my name is Will, and I am good for buds. I like that last scene with Jeff in the neck brace. It tied two of the storylines together nicely. Come with guy is Larry. Even though he was an ass, he saved Jeff's marriage for now and got Cheryl the gig when Jerry wanted to go in another direction. For the fucking asshole, he says, Jeff, he really put Larry in a bind and was dumb enough to leave panties in his glove box. He wins the fucking asshole and fucking dumbass of the episode award. Oh. 
and he gives it 3.5 pretties out of five after the black swan. This episode felt like a step down too many moving parts. All right. Next we have Jared Jerome who says we are on a roll. Another well-constructed tight, funny episode that at least partially checks all the boxes. Interlocking stories that meet at the end, check. Laugh out loud scenes, check. Relative realism, check. We also get a story that both progresses the larger... (laughs) Yeah, I always said relative. We also get a story that both progresses the larger season story arc while delivering as its own entity. Finally, Larry wins at the end, which is always a crowd pleaser. For the Seinfeld connections, number one, he has a bunch of these. He has six Seinfeld connections. Let's start with Carol. Are there any we haven't covered already? Um... She talks about Carol, Carol Liefer, who, yeah, uh, yeah Seinfeld. Uh, Larry's wearing the very pants. Who's supposed yes, to return? Of yes. Um, Cheryl and Elizabeth Shue both read with longtime Seinfeld casting director Mark Hirschfeld. Oh, yes. While reading with Cheryl, Hirschfeld reads Larry's lines and tries to remember the name of the repair guy. Was it Tom, Don, Bill, James? Yeah, All short terrible. names. Yes. Rem- reminiscent of when George couldn't remember the Twix stealing mechanics Slip. name yeah. in the dealership. <laughs> Mo, Saul, Lem, Kip, short yeah. name. Yeah. All right, that's a good one. Um, uh, Mr. Dennis Shu pushing it for Minaj, just like in the switch, and even you have a mustache. <laughs> yeah, where's his where's his oils and, and lotions? Yeah. Um, and then number six, he says all the neck brace shenanigans are a reminder have all have how all the NBC execs and Jerry opine that you always get a laugh if you just stick a neck brace on someone. With oh, disgusting. good call. Yeah, the pilot at the beginning of season four. Apparently, Larry still agrees with this notion. Yeah, that's funny. Call, um, yeah, and he says, Come with Guy, not a lot of great candidates for this. For come with this week, Carol's nasty, the lemonade thieves are criminals. Officer Krupke is a clueless lout. Susie is eyeing men's bodies on the regular. He's been talking, he's been taking some hits by yours, trusty host, by your trusty host of late. But I gotta give come with to Larry, who goes above and beyond for his friend somehow, intensifying his commitment to the cause as things get hairier and hairier. He teaches kids a lesson in commerce, regales us with show tunes, and is very democratic as he goes along with not giving Cheryl the part, even though that was the entire point of the reunion in the first place. A vote is a vote. Yeah, I mean, um, I, I don't think he if he had more hand, he would not have uh, conceded to the Democratic vote. I think he just realizes he has no chance there. Yeah. Like if he pushes harder, Larry finds out why he's actually doing this. And then Larry quits and then uh, or Jerry quits, excuse me. And then he's in a much worse position. He should have just said, in fact, I did win the vote on who should play. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, I won it by a landslide. Uh, asshole of the week. Well, let's see. Trusty Jeff cheats on his wife, gets caught, covers it up by forcing his best friend and boss, mind you, to wear women's panties. Not that there's anything wrong with that. And just when he lies enough to get away with it, he immediately cheats again. So clearly the asshole of the week goes to Cheryl, because at one point I didn't love how she took a bite of her salad. <laughs> um, it, it is. A, there's something I like about Curve, the fact that I feel like a sort of a lazier show or more obvious show. When you have a character like Jeff is clearly committing adultery just in insane amount. <laughs> yes. But the show, it, but it's just like it's not like a major part of the show. It's just like in, once in a while they reference it, but they don't sort of need to lean on it, even though it's it's obviously happening with tremendous regularity, you know? Yeah. And there's no moral judgment at all. It's just a matter of whether Larry could help him get away with but it. But even right? Susie says something like, I know about you with your little blowjobs. Like, like everybody seems to be aware and they're just sort of like, yeah, Jeff's just a disgusting person. He's, he's the fucking <laughs> asshole of the week every week. So, <laughs> 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 yeah, we almost need to make a rule. It's like almost like the. You know, we prefer not to give Larry to come with Guy, which it should yeah. be. We prefer not to give Jeff the fucking asshole yeah. to leave unless he's like a particularly big asshole. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, to quote a line that was used about a, a, a friend and a person in common that we both know of, uh, he's my asshole. He's an asshole, but he's my asshole, is I think uh, right. Susie and Larry's attitude towards Jeff. Yeah, that's actually from um, Beer Fest, that line, originally. But yes, oh, it's yes. Uh, somebody, one of our friends <laughs> quoted that about another friend of ours. Yeah. Um, for the cameos, he mentions Ben Affleck, of course. He also says when Larry was having lunch with Cheryl, sitting at the table behind him was the six foot seven eight-time World Series of Poker bracelet winner who was immortalized through the movie Rounders, which showed uh-huh. his loss to Johnny Chan in the 88 series, Eric Seidel. Uh, He's in this no Affleck, but that's what he says. Mm, okay. Not to look back. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that, uh, you know, we have, and we have like the Met, the Ben Affleck, uh, Matt Damon connection. So it's all full circle, two big cameos from uh, the yes. same world. Maybe that's how they ended up. They were, they were, uh, he was hanging out with Matt Damon and then like, oh, he was playing. They were like, oh, can we go play poker with Eric, Eric Seidel? Seidel? And they all ended up at Banana Republic together. Yeah. Um, but where's Matt Damon then? Yeah, he left earlier. He's the missing piece. Yeah. Yeah. He insisted on playing himself, but Ben Affleck wanted to be a character. So yeah. Had- <laughs> he, he was too busy on the set of The Informant. <laughs> Is that what they were up to at the time? I, I think so. Oh, nine. Oh, nine. Fair. Sounds right. Uh, for his ranking, he says, as I said at the outset, this one hits all the marks and really scratched me where I itch. Throw in hilarious bits, like when the salesman at the clothing store takes Larry's ridiculous, exaggerating story about having a sign in his house seriously, and Larry calls him out on it. Of course, that's not a real story. This reminds me of how he called out the pizza store guy last week when he said even the handicapped kid didn't need that many napkins. Mm. Clearly cases of the other actor improvising and Larry having none of it in real time. Great stuff. Also hilarious with Jeff programming Larry. Who are you? I am Larry David. And what do you do? I wear women's, I wear women's underwear. It's like Larry's a drug addict or an alcoholic. Hilarious. Throw in some Elizabeth Shue, who I always love, and you're cooking with gas. All these factors place this episode 14th out of 68 episodes so far and make it pretty, 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 pretty good. That's four and a half pretties and 0.5 no pretties. Larry and co. are really hitting their stride, and if I can just get a little more Leon, we'll be off and running. Oh, you'll get a big Leon scene next week. Yeah, yeah. Leon is big next week. Um, yeah. Uh, recharge mitzvah. Um, all right. Second to last email is from Zach Brooks. He says, I can't get over how Larry got his car keys and wallet back if his pants were left oh, in the dressing yeah, room. Yeah. I agree it with stuck with here. me the whole episode, like yeah. a security tag on my pants. And all <laughs> and how did Larry know exactly what incident Kruppy was called to the house about? That's true. Like he comes in and he's like, I, he knows what he's talking about, but like he figured out that they misinterpreted his song as cursing. Yes, yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Larry jumps the gun a little bit. Yeah. He makes himself sound more guilty than he actually is. Yeah. He, he does that a lot. Yes, he does. Yeah, yeah Larry often. To be, to be fair, I think Krupke says like we got a call about like a disturbance. But something. the point is, but no, but Zach's right. The, Larry is clearly aware that he was screaming that exact line with his window open as he drove by those kids. He's aware of all that by his reaction. Sure. Yeah, I guess so. Um, yeah, and he says it's a very weird and disjointed episode. I do love when Jeff trips over the toy in the yard, and Larry just looks at him and says, "What are you, an idiot?" <laughs> Um, and he gives the episode two pretties out of five. Oh, so uh, Zach Brooks for the second straight episode. Uh, really, the grand much, trend. Yeah, much lower than the crowd. Um, that's fine. Everyone's entitled to their wrong. Well, how, did did Zach has Zach had a podcast about West Side Story? No, that's just in my head. I think um, I think it's Mandela Effect. I feel like that's something that should exist, but doesn't yet. Sure, Zach. And if he does, by the way, I know who Zach. you should have as his guest. I'm volunteering. Call baby. Yeah, that's right. We'll hook you up. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't think they covered West Side Story. They did. We uh, I did newsies with them when I was still doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I don't think so. 
Um, okay. All right. Is it time for Olin Allen? It's time for Olin Allen. He says, another episode displaying Larry's love of musicals. Good fun episode. The highlight of which was probably Susie's observant and disgusted facial looks when trying to figure out if Larry is wearing ladies' underwear. Don't think she was disgusted about a man wearing such underwear, just disgusted about Larry in general. As regards to auditions, I felt Cheryl's performance was much more grounded and Virginia oh. was too sitcom-y. Wow. Hmm. Olin on Team Av here. Which, as I am learning from this and from 32 fans episodes, is the worst thing for a sitcom to have. Anything that can be described as sitcom <laughs> And for his rating, he says 3.5 out of 5, 38th place, ahead of the vehicular fellatio, behind the weatherman. Come with guy, That's he says. Vehicular fellatio, the- not vehicular accident. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. There's only two ways. <laughs> so, yeah. So, yeah, I guess. Well, there's three ways. There's in a car yeah, accident, you- there's cunnilingus, or there's cunnilingus in a car. Causing yeah, also, like, I'm pretty sure we saw Cher- uh, what's her name? Susie injure her neck doing vehicular fellatio. So, yes, true. I don't know that we need to limit it to cunnilingus. I will say, when it comes to vehicular um, sexual acts, cunnilingus seems much, much, much less common than fellatio. Seems like an in, in, unfair double standard we have here. Oh, I think there's a lot of unfair double standards. Yes. It's society. That's the number one in society, but it's on the list. Put it yeah, on the list. I mean, it, they're all the same uh, general yeah. area. Yeah. Um, yeah, so for come with guy, he says has to be Larry covering for Jeff so full heartedly, not caring about the perceived norms and willing to display how much of a new man he is in front of the Greens neighborhood. And for the fucking asshole of the week, he says, Jerry, I know most people here probably think of Cheryl. That girl doesn't need a job. She needs a year in the pen. But unless he is psychologically disturbed, Jerry should know what Larry's game is with the reunion and play along with him, whether he has a social disease or not. And if Alex or anyone is mad about this, well, crup you. Well done, Owen. Why would well I be the one mad about it? Um, yeah, I mean, he does make a good point that, like, Jerry should have figured out by now, like, what Larry's agenda is here. And, like, yeah. not particularly, like, what does he care? Yeah. If you want to do the show, do the show. Yeah. Yeah, like, it's that important to you, like, who plays George's ex-wife? Like, come be on. Be a come with guy. Look at the length, the lengths Larry goes for his friend Jeff. You should go to those lengths for your friend Larry. Yeah. Yeah. It's good call by Owen. Jerry's the asshole. I mean, Jerry, I mean, from the, you know, the little I know about him in real life and, you know, interviews and also like in comedians and cars, he doesn't seem like he's uh, the best of friends. Yeah, the, the general impression of him is that he's yeah. like not such a nice guy. Yeah. Uh, just ask Kesha. Yeah, exactly. That's right. <laughs> yeah. He's no he's no George Clooney just handing a million dollars to his friends uh, willy nilly. Yeah, All right. I should become friends with George Clooney. Yes, you should. Um, so, yeah. So um, for he, our he, ratings, he already has one Upper West Side Jew on his crew, so. <laughs> so um, we have an average 3.75 from the audience um, and that averages out to with Alex's 3.5 and my 3.5 and Mike's 4.0 to an overall grade of 3.69 which nice. makes it the 23rd ranked episode overall hmm. okay which is very nice yeah I mean everyone yeah three, everyone was 3.5 or higher except for Zach yeah, 23 is not bad, but uh, next week we are going to be higher than that. I think it's safe to say. The Table Read, one of the highest ranked episodes of the series. Bob Einstein, um, the funk man, has one of the funniest jokes in television history. And um, that's the next week's episode, right? Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. next week's episode. Yeah, Mike, uh, uh, we, we, will meet, uh, we will meet Danny Duberstein. <laughs> Larry will be frustrated by a nine-year-old's text messages. 
Uh, I'm very, very excited. Next week is, yeah, I mean, the Danny Dewar's theme scene alone is, I don't know, I don't know exactly where I'd rank it, but one of the best scenes in this show. The the, the Seinfeld live reaction to the Funk Man's mm-hmm. joke. There's so much. Next episode, next week's episode is going to be very, it's, very, it's, very It's going to be amazing. Yeah. And yeah, I, I believe got, we have a guest next week, do we not? We have a guest next week, yes. Hmm. And um, it's not me. <laughs> it's not it, you. It, it is a guest you. who uh, has appeared in both Seinfeld and Curb. So maybe it's Ooh. Jerry. Maybe it's maybe Estelle it's, Harris. I don't know. That's right. Maybe it's maybe it's Banya. <laughs> it is. Yes, but it is somebody who uh, was in both Seinfeld and Curb. So that mm-hmm. will be very exciting. And we look forward to uh, hosting him or her and discussing uh, what we believe as episodes go is. You gotta understand. It's just a bringing up gay that gets us out of hand. Our mothers all are junkies. Our fathers all are drunks. Golly Moses, naturally we're punks. G officer Krupke, we're very upset. We never had the love that every child ought to get. We ain't no delinquents, we're misunderstood. Deep down inside us, there is good. There is good, there is good, there is good, there is untapped good. Like inside the worst of us is down, 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 uh, well, I, I was just on this week in Survivor history with Jordan Kalish. So that's very exciting. Uh, you can see how I do in that. If you are a patron of 30 fans, uh, you have heard me go head to head with uh, both Alex and Akiva recently in trivia. Um, and uh, the trilogy will be completed at some point when uh, I, I test uh, the two hosts knowledge and uh, see who comes out on top on that one. All right. We'll be, yeah, uh, you're saying lion or lion, and you will show us a picture and we have to identify. <laughs> is this a Detroit lion or an actual lion? <laughs> or am I lying? Right yeah, now? Or you, it is neither. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, yeah. I, I've really enjoyed the hell out of those two episodes of trivia. I can't wait for the third one. Um, very much looking forward to uh, uh, seeing how you do on Twitch. Best of luck. Although you, I guess you don't need the luck because you've already done it. But from my perspective, <laughs> I'm wishing you good luck on my future listening to of that. Uh, I hope you do well. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Uh, uh, thanks for having me. Right. great. Thanks awesome. so much for coming, Mike. This was a ton of fun. Of course, time. guys. Anytime. All right. this, was, this was so much fun. Anytime.